Okay, thank you, um, and uh, welcome everybody back. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about two things. We're going to finish up with a little bit on gender-based violence that we didn't talk about last Wednesday. And then we're going to talk more about then we're going to talk more about managing trauma relations. So, in we've been talking a lot about different sorts of violence. We've been talking about war violence. We've been talking a little bit about police brutality, but really, one of the most common sorts of violence and one of the most common causes of, of trauma in Iranian society is violence against women. Next slide. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so let's sort of describe exactly what we mean by gender. Gender is is defined by the society around you, and it involves all the rules and and roles and responsibilities that the society traditionally assigns to one gender or the other. منظور از شخصیت جنسی چیه؟ شخصیت جنسی این هستش که جامعه شما مسئولیت ها و وظایفی رو که نسبت میده به یک جنس مثلا زن یا مرد مورد بس در اینجا قرار خواهد گرفت. Gender roles are often defined by, well, they can be defined by religion, but also culture simultaneously. And they pervade everything about the society. They, they, they influence what roles men and women play in terms of the workplace and what roles they play in terms of the family. جنسیت شخصی بستگی به به این داره که یک نفر مرد یا زن و مطابق اون وظایفی و کارهایی که نسبت به اون جنس نسبت داده میشه انجام میشه این gender roles are not necessarily bad that you know society develops roles over time i think that the issue with gender based violence is how the society reacts if somebody transgresses or does not fall in line with those norms or whether the society itself assigns a gender role of dominance to one gender or another which, which then causes us uh, the violence داشتم براتون میگفتم که جنسیت شخصی به طور کلی چیز بدی نیست و چیزهایی که رول هایی که جامعه به این جنسیت میده چه مرد باشه چه زن چه زن باشه متاسفانه بعضی اوقات حکم میشه این رول ها و این وظایف و کارها به وسیله اجتماعی که در اون زندگی میکنیم چیزی که بده و زمانیه که یک جنس ارجعیت داده میشه به جنس دیگه و 
بهش قدرت بیشتر داده میشه تا اون جنسی دیگر رو تحت کنترل خودش در بیاره So gender-based violence is violence directed against an individual based on their gender or based on some perceived failing for them to fulfill their gender role in society. So for example, uh, in a very extreme case, if a, if a woman is uh, not doing her homework adequately uh, or her, her housework adequately, an abusive husband may, may determine that she's not fulfilling her gender role. Or, uh, well, I'll leave that example for now. شخصیت جنسی و خشونت جنسی وقتی پیش میاد که یک نفر که چه مرد باشه یا چه زن باشه اینطور تصور میره که این شخص این مرد یا زن اون وظایف خودش رو که جامعه و یا خونه ازش انتظار داره به طور درستی انجام نمیده اون موقع هست که خشونت جنسی چیز میشه انجام میشه به وسیله یک جنس برای جنس دیگر That was kind of a trivial example. Maybe a more relevant example would be if a woman uh, does not want to marry somebody but her parents want her to marry and in rural Iran particularly in rural areas this is common where the marriage will be arranged if she resists this she is resisting the role that she has as a young woman in the society and this can often lead to violence. مثالی که براتون دارم مثال زیاد جالبی نبود مثال بهتر اینه که وقتی یکی از یک سن انتظار میده که یک شخص بخصوصی رو با یک شخص بخصوصی ازدواج بکنه و وقتی که ایشون از این کار چیز میشه این کار رو نمیکنه با اون شخص ازدواج نمیکنه این باعث خشونت جنسی میشه در داخل اون خانواده البته این رولی که از این زن انتظار میره در اثر جامعه که زن در اون زندگی میکنه بهش حکم شده این احکام خیلی معموله در قسمت های بیرون از شهر در مزاره و جاهایی که مردم از شهر دور هستن I posted an article uh, on the Tavana website about female suicide in Iran. Unfortunately, it's in English, but you may be able to look up the author because he's uh, a psychologist who's working inside Iran, and he may have published in information on this topic in Farsi as well. در وبسایت توانم من یک مقاله گذاشتم که در مورد خودکشی زنها در ایران هست این مقاله به انگلیسی ولی به وسیله یک روانشناس ایرانی نوشته شده یه نگاهی بهش بکنید که خیلی مفید خواهد بود The main thing from this article and the main thing to consider is that very often depression in Iran among women, not always, but often, has some relationship to gender and to gender roles. So, and, and likewise, depression can lead to suicide on occasion. So there's a high rate of suicide among young women in Iran, and very often, very often this is, is related to pressures, pressures of work or pressures of being forced to marry or not being able to work, or in some reason not fulfilling the role that they're supposed to fill within traditional society. 
یکی از بزرگترین مشکلاتی که در ایران هست در مورد زنها پشمردگی روانی زنهاست که در اثر اینی که اینا نمیتونن کار بکنن یا اینکه ازشون انتظاراتی جامعه اونها داره که اینا نمیتونن این انتظارات رو برآورده بکنن در نتیجه از نظر روحی خیلی پژمرده میشن و این پژمردگی روحی باعث خودکشی اونها میشه و یا افکار خودکشی براشون پیش میاد control in some ways over over the their fate and over their over their lives which is which is a positive thing چیز خیلی مفیدی که داره اتفاق میفته اینه که زنهای ایرانی یواش یواش دارن میفهمن که چه نقش اینها در جامعه چیه و چیکار باید بکنن و اینها یواش یواش دارن کنترل زندگی خودشون رو به عهده میگیرن For those who are interested, we will also post some links to a radio show. Radio show, I believe, it might be in Kurdish, but it talks about gender-based violence, especially in uh, arranged marriages and situations of this sort, which is a common cause of, uh, of, of, of either suicide or, or killing in some in a few rural parts of Iran. لینک براتون گذاشتیم لینک رادیویی هست به کردی ولی خیلی مفید و صحبت میکنه در مورد خودکشی زنان در ایران مخصوصا اونهایی که ازشون انتظار میره شخص با شخص خصوصی ازدواج بکنن و این کارو نمیکنن در نتیجه خودکشی میکنن And I suspect everybody already knows this, but gender-based violence is something that occurs at the family level, uh, and also at the community level, and also at the societal level, at a wider level. So in order to understand gender-based violence, it's good to look at the dynamics of the individual family or the individual relationship, as well as the community expectations of women and girls, as well as uh, what society might do on a wider basis in, in terms of enabling women to fulfill their their خشونت جنسی برای زلان در سطح خانواده انجام میشه هم در سطح ازدواج ببخشید در سطح جامعه هم انجام میشه و مهم, مهم اینه که زنها بفهمند که نقششون چی هست در جامعه و یا در خونه و کارهاشون رو طوری انجام بدن که منجر به خشونت جنسی نشه Also, gender-based violence is not only violence, violence against women or girls. There can be gender-based violence against men as well. Sometimes in some families, the man can be the victim of violence. And also, a man who's effeminate or does not fulfill a male gender role in society can also be targeted. خشونت جنسی تنها برالیه زن ها نیست. خشونت جنسی میتونه برالیه یک مرد باشه. یک مردی که ظاهرش مردونه بندوز کافی مردونه نیست. یا اینکه انتظاراتی ازش میره که اون انتظاراتو نمیتونه برآورده بکنه 
و این موضوع باید در خاطرتون باشه also uh, a person who's attracted to another person of the same sex violence against them is a form of gender based violence as well so violence against lesbians or gay men for example interpreter apologizes would like to comment repeated well another form of gender based violence is violence against a person who feels an attraction toward a person of the same sex so for example a person who may be a man who's attracted to men or a woman who's attracted to women خشونت جنسی برای در زم در انجام میشه که امکان داره در مورد مثلا مردان یک مردی از یک مردی دیگه خوشش میاد یا اینکه یک زنی از زن دیگه خوشش میاد و این خشونت جنسی برای این افراد هم انجام میشه and again this becomes a complicated issue particularly in Iran and we won't talk about it too much but i just wanted also to say that some people may be born feeling that they're a member of the other gender they they may feel a man may be born feeling that uh, uh, he's a woman or vice versa under iranian culture and iranian law the government actually allows um sex change operations for some people that fit into this characteristic that that are feel that they're born uh, uh of another gender um and it's it's kind of interesting that this is uh that there is a some space for this within iranian culture این مسئله خیلی پیچیده هست در ایران وقتی که یک مرد از یک مرد دیگه خوشش میاد یا یک زنی از زن دیگه خوشش میاد و دولت دولت ایران چه امکاناتی به وجود آورده که برای کسانی که متولد میشن و فکر میکنن که اگه مثلا یک مردی متولد میشه ولی احساس داره که ایشون یک زنه چی بدنش بهش میگه که یک زنه رای روحش بهش میگه یک زنه دنچه دولت ایران امکاناتی وجود آورده که اینجور مردها یا زنها که فکر میکنن متعلق به جنس دیگر هستن عمل جراحی بکنن تا اینکه از این حالت بیرون بیان but of course violence against women and girls uh just generally is the most common form of gender based violence um we can go on to the next slide um Okay, this slide is actually relevant to gender-based violence because violence that's that's committed by another person is a violation of some sort of a relationship. It can be a violation of the relationship between husband and wife or the relationship between the state and a citizen or the relationship between an adult and a child. But there's something really unique about human-generated violence. Violence is caused by humans. خشونت جنسی بر علیه دیگران معمولاً در رابطه بین مثلاً مرد یا زن خانواده با بچه و یا اینکه شخص با دولت صورت میگیره و در این رابطه که وجود داره این خشونت 
خشونت جنسی باید در این متن آزمایش بشه و بررسی بشه okay, next slide. So the main hallmark of violence between people the, the violence the trauma that's caused by another person the main the main hallmark of this is a loss of trust if you're in an auto accident and you experience PTSD or if you're in an earthquake and you experience PTSD the effect on your ability to trust others is not is not as strong as it is if you were the victim of violence from another person and we had a comment saying that uh, it's allowed to ch to change sex in Iran but the culture is still rude to them uh, this is this is very true. I mean, uh, around the world, uh, transgender persons are at the highest risk of any population for murder or for assault. Okay, um, so the main effects then that are with violence-based violence caused by people instead of natural disasters or accidents. The main effects are a lack of trust of other people and a different relationship to authority afterwards. People feel that the relationship to authority has changed. خشونت جنسی وقتی اتفاق میفته که در رابطه یک نفر با نفر دیگه هست یا اینکه خشونت جنسی در مورد دولت و علیه شخص هست و این یکی از مهمترین موردهای خشونت جنسی است که ما ذکر کردیم. So this can affect then the counseling relationship because a person who's been the victim of violence from another may either be resistant to anything that you're saying or may be passive and just not resistant at all. And maybe one way or the other because the relationship to other people is both broken because of trust and also broken because of, uh, because of, of, of an inability to, to manage a relationship with another person, either an authority or, or, or especially an authority. خشونت جنسی وقتی که برای یک شخصی که قدرت داره برای اون شخصی که همون قدرت رو نداره انجام میشه مخصوصا در مورد وقتی که در مورد مشاوره همین موضوع سرخ میکنه این خشونت باعث میشه که اعتماد از بین بره و وقتی که اعتماد از بین رفت این باعث عدم اعتماد عدم اعتماد میشه و اون کاری که باید بین اون دو نفر در اون رابطه‌ای که دارن انجام بشه انجام نمیشه و اون رابطه چه حرفه‌ای باشه چه شخصی باشه از بین میره کانسلرز اور فور دیٹ میٹر لوئرز ہو آر ورکنگ ود وکٹمز آف وائلنس نیڈ ٹو بی سم ہاؤ سینسیٹیو ٹو دا مورل ریسپانسبلٹی فار ہو کمیٹڈ دا کرائم ٹو ہوم اینڈ ایون دو دے می نوٹ وانٹ ٹو ٹاک اباؤٹ میبی دے ڈونٹ وانٹ ٹو ٹاک اباؤٹ دس ٹو مچ بٹ دے ایٹ لیسٹ ہیو ٹو لیٹ دا پرسن انڈرسٹینڈ دیٹ دے نو ہو از ریسپانسبل فار کمیٹنگ دا وائلنس مشاورین و دکترها یا وکیل هایی که با این آدم های نجات یافته کار میکنن باید حتما این موضوع تخاطر داشته باشن که 
بگن به کسی که قربانی این موضوع هست چه کسی مسئول این خشونت هست بر علیه اونها They also need to, and this is really important, we'll talk more about this later, but they need to assess strengths as well as impairment. In other words, they need to assess what the person's strengths are because that will be the core around which they will help the person build new behaviors and new, and new ways of thinking. خیلی مهمه که مشاوران و افراد حرفه دیگه تشخیص بدن که قدرت های شخص نجات یافته چیه و این قدرت ها رو از این قدرت ها استفاده بکنن و اونها رو قوی بکنن تا این شخصی که دارن باش کار میکنن بتونه غلبه بکنه بر اون مشکلاتی که هست And they also need to talk in a supportive way about any distortions that trauma has caused. So, for example, a woman who is now scared of all men in any circumstances, it's okay to bring up that this, to gently let them know that this is not actually a rational thought. بهتر با کسانی که قربانی این خشونت جنسی هستند با اونا کار بشه و بهشون گفته بشه که این کاری خشونتی که برای اونا انجام شده منطقی نیست و کار درستی نیست تا اینا بتونن بفهمن که واقعا این در مورد همه مثلا مردا صدق نمی کنه فقط این شخصه که این کار کرده okay, next slide. This is sort of related to what we just talked to The only new thing here is that the, the counselor or the lawyer should be very aware if you're working with somebody who's not of the same culture or the same ethnicity In Iran this is not quite so important There are some ethnic minorities but it still is important در, در ایران ما آدم های مختلفی داریم که چیزاشون مذهبشون فرق میکنه یا اینکه زبانشون فرق میکنه و از قسمت های مختلف کشور میان و اینها باید همین موضوع رو که ما الان گفتیم بهشون تاکید بشه So we spent a little bit of time talking about gender-based violence. I thought it was important to do that. Uh, shall we, let's stop and see if we have any questions right now before we go on to the rest of today's presentation. Does anybody work with victims of gender-based violence as a part of their work? قربانی خشونت جنسی شدن Hi Scott, um, my name is Sherry. I work um, in Tehran with women, young women um, ages 15 to 25 um, at a center that provides services to um, these girls. Um, all of them are under the poverty line. Most have had experiences with violence. Um, uh, a lot of them have been raped. There's a lot of incest. Um, so we deal with a lot of clients that are that have been abused and are victims of gender-based violence. 
Are there any mental health services available for them, or pretty much it's sort of supportive services within your center? Um, we provide educational training, and then we have therapeutic services as well. Um, there are social workers that work with the girls, but they're not trained in um, uh, dealing with traumas such as this uh, specifically, so we're trying to actually um, give them that training and set up uh, trainings for them. Um, our psychologists also are currently undergoing some um, trauma therapy courses so that they can deal with this trauma specifically. Um, but we do have therapeutic and we have workshops that address these issues, but not um, dealing with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Well, I, I will try to research and find more articles, if you would like, and see if I can post them on the Kavana website. Um, this is kind of a unique area of practice, and so there may be some clinical experts that we can find that might be able to provide more information on this sort of thing as you train your psychologist. من توی مرکز تهران کار میکنم این مرکز سرویس به دخترای که در زیر سطح فقر هستن ایرانی و یه سری از بچه‌هامون افغان هستن بین 15 تا 25 سال توی مرکز هستن اکثر بچه‌ها اکثرشون مشکلاتی که دارن به خاطر فقر خیلی زیاد تو خانواده حالا یا تو خانواده یا غیر مستقیم خارج از خانواده دچار مشکلات خشونت برای زنان تجاوز ارتباط بین افراد تو خانوادهشون بودن و ما کلاسای آموزشی براشون داریم کلاسای که براشون ذرفی هستش داریم روانشناس ما باشون مستقیما کار میکنن کارگاه های مختلف در مورد حق و حقوقشون و اینکه چه جوری بتونن مشکلاتشون رو حل بکنن براشون به وجود میاریم بعد در این حال هم الان داریم سعی میکنیم که یه مقدار ترینینگ خیلی مستقیم تر در مورد این موضوعات سعی که چجوری با تک تک این بچه هایی که این مشکلات رو داشتن و این تراما ها رو داشتن چجوری کار بکنیم برای روانشناسامون و مردکارامون آماده میکنیم که براشون انجام بدیم که اونا بتونن بهتر با این بچه ها کار بکنن. اسیتمون هستش امید مه اگر که روی سایتش بخوایم بریم سایت اکثرش البته انگلیسیه فقط امیدمه.org میتونین روی اینترنت رو گوگل بزنین امید مه میادش دو تا الان مرکز داریم این دومین هم تازه باز شده و مرکز شهر هستن که اکثرا میتونن بهش دسترسی داشته باشن uh, a history of incest and, and, and sexual abuse and sexual trauma that starts very young, um, this can cause a, a, a lot of long-term difficulties. And it's, it's uh, women, uh, girls and women do recover from this and lead productive lives, but the, the, the burden on them is, is really high. خشونت جنسی و یا تجاوز جنسی مخصوصا اگر در داخل خانواده انجام بشه باعث پشمردگی و ناراحتی دراز مدت میشه و اکثر زنا از این بلایی که سرشون اومده خوب میشن ولی 
آثار آثارش در این زنها باقی میمونه It's particularly difficult because if it occurs when a person is young and not fully formed, the, the consequences later can be a little bit unpredictable. So in the West, very often young women might cut themselves or might uh, engage in a lot of self-harm, a lot of behaviors harming themselves. اتفاق بیفته این مسئله خیلی مشکل میشه این این زن ها وقتی که بزرگ میشن معمولا به خودشون صدمه میزنن یا اینکه با چاقو خودشون رو میبرن و این در اینجا در در آمریکا و جاهای دیگه جاهای دیگه در غرب خیلی متداوله Okay, so the roles of the counselor in terms of managing trauma reactions. Um, some of this we've talked about before, but we'll go over it just, just to make sure. The first, the first role is to create um, a sense of trust and build a sense of emotional safety and also work with the individual to assess their safety uh, when, they, when they leave the appointment. Um, یک محیط ایمنی ایمنی به وجود بیاره با قربانی یا شخص نجات یافته و قبل از اینکه این شخص جلسه رو ترک بکنه این حالت باید به وجود بیاد برای کارهای مفید در آینده also the counselor can help the person understand You know, people who have really awful things happen to them sometimes think that nobody will believe what happened to them. So having another person believe and what they call validate the experience and say, yes, this actually happened, I believe you that it happened, this in itself can be healing. Uh, شخص نجات یافته و بگی که بله من شما رو باور میکنم حالت باید طوری باشه که این شخص نجات یافته بفهمه که پاش باور میشه و این باعث بهبودی خواهد شد Also if we go back and we think about what we've already learned about the limbic system a lot of times traumatic memories are felt more than they're thought about in words So one of the important things a counselor can do is help a person come up with a narrative, with, with, with spoken words to explain what happened. مشکل برای کسی که قربانی این صدمه هست به صورت کلمات این موضوع رو بیان بکنه بنابراین کار مشاور اینه که یک روایتی ایجاد بکنه یک حالتی ایجاد بکنه که این کلماتی که این صدمه رو به این شخص وارد شده از اون شخص قربانی بیاد بیرون 
sometimes putting words to it and actually um, creating a story, some sort of a, of, a, of a story around what happened can turn something that's a physically frightening thing into something that can be more intellectually managed. داستان این شخصی که شخص نجات یافته که وسیله مشاور میتونه خلق بشه و وسیله شخص نجات پیام بشه کمک خیلی زیادی میکنه تا تمام اطلاعات بیاد بیرون. Okay, next slide. Well, just briefly, what I wanted to say about safety is that there's there's different kinds of safety. There's sort of um, physical safety. And then there's emotional safety, and the counselor needs to concentrate on both. We'll talk about safety assessment in just a minute. Next slide. در مورد ایمنی که صحبت میکنیم ما دو جور ایمنی داریم ایمنی روحی و ایمنی جسمی و کار مشاور اینه که راجع به هر دوش صحبت بکنه. Next slide. One of the most useful things that actually a counselor does is to be a neutral person, a person who's an ally, but who is outside of the event that happened, and help the person just simply talk about it. A lot of times, just the fact of talking and communicating about what happened itself uh, in a safe location, in a safe place, with a safe person, is itself healing. در نقش یک آدم بیطرف ولی دوست ظاهر بشه و وقتی که با قربانی صحبت میکنه و این رولی که مشاور بازی میکنه میتونه خیلی بهبود بخش باشه وقتی اینطوری که ما توضیح دادیم انجام بشه Okay, next slide. This slide is somewhat, we talked a little bit about assessment last week, so I don't want to spend much time on this. So I would just read the points. Again, this is the main issues that you need to address when you're doing an interview with somebody who's, who's, been, uh, who's been traumatized, or if you're a counselor. Um, so one of the important things to remember is that each person is individual and the individual response varies. راجع به این هفته گذشته ما صحبت کردیم راجع به جمعوری اطلاعات ولی مهمترین چیزی که میخوام تاکید بکنم اینه که هر شخصی شخص منحصر به فرد یعنی این که باید همین طوری باش رفتار بکنید که ایشون فکر نکنه که همه قربانی ها رو مهم نیست که چی برای سرشون اومده چه چیزای مختلفی برای سرشون اومده شما با همه یه جور رفتار میکنین بنابراین با هر شخصی داستانش فرق میکنه و هر شخص منحصر به فرده Also the last point is important If you're a lawyer and you're talking to somebody remember that with traumatic stress traumatic stress and depression are sometimes linked So if you're a lawyer and you're talking to somebody who's depressed also, they may be very negative when you have a meeting with them, and then they, <clears throat> they may be more positive the next time you meet with them, 
or their story may change somewhat. somewhat. You need to be tolerant of that and not try to go after them for any discrepancy, any difference in what they say, because a person may say something different from the first to the second meeting. خاطرتون باشه وقتی شما در نقش مشاور دارین انجام وظیفه میکنین این صدمه روانی و یا عاطفی که به یک نفر وارد شده خیلی متفاوته با صدمه جسمی و وقتی که یک نفر داره راجع به این صدمه صحبت میکنه امکان داره داستانیشون یا اتفاقا که داره توضیح میده در جلسه اول در جلسه دوم این داستانش فرق بکنه این دلیل نیست که شخص داره دروغ میگه و این در سر اینه که صدمه ای که بهشون وارد شده باعث این موضوع هست و همطور گفتیم امکان داره دفعه اول یه چیز منفی باشه ولی دفعه دوم ایشون یه چیز مثبتی راجع به همون اتفاق برای شما نقل بکنه Okay, next slide. Somebody in the comment section said it's a good idea to ask open-ended questions. That's exactly right, and you were maybe thinking about the slide even before we put it up. بهتری که سوالات ناکامل ما بکنیم از شخص که صدمه دیده تا اینکه بتونیم اطلاعات رو از اینا از این شخص بگیریم. So remember as you're interviewing somebody they may be sort of passive. Sometimes violence, especially violence from another person can render the person a little bit passive and um, not really willing to talk at all. Yani, if, if a person is feeling, uh, if you have somebody that you're interviewing that is very flat affect or very passive and is not talking, one of the things that you can do when you get them to start talking is that you can then just sort of say, and then this happened or and then whatever, rather than saying what happened next and tell me what happened next. Because remember, the relationship between a victim of trauma and, and a person who's interrogating them is sometimes a very difficult relationship and you don't want to be the interrogator. یادتون باشه که وقتی از یک نفر سوال میکنین ایشون فکر نکنه که دارین ایشون رو بازجویی میکنین بنابراین به خاطر اینکه این همدردی خودتون رو نشون بدین بهتره که بگین که مثلا سوالات ناکامل بکنین بگین که و شما بعد از اون رفت چی شد و یا اینکه شما داشتین این کار میکردین که و این باعث میشه که تمام حقیقت رو شما دریافت بکنین. If the person is responding very emotionally, sometimes you can help them so you can help them a little bit by asking a question about the facts. So for example, how far was it from this one building to the next building? How long did it take you to walk there? That might be a sort of question that you can ask where a person then can flip back to their story and be able to then continue with their story. اگر دیدی که یک نفر خیلی احساساتی شده و مثلا صداش دور بلند میکنه یا راجب خیلی به طور احساساتی راجب این صحبت میکنه بهتره که این حرف ایشین رو قطع کنیم و سوالاتی بکنیم که دقیقا 
مطابق با اون حقیقتی که شما میدونین تطبیق میکنه مثلا بگین که فاصله اون ساختمان از اون ساختمانی که شما رفتین چی بود یا مثلا چقدر طول کشید از این ساختمان به اون یکی ساختمان برین These first two suggestions are good for either lawyers or doctors or mental health professionals. The last one is really more designed for a mental health professional. If your job is just to collect information on what happened, the first two are sufficient. But if you're a mental health worker or even a physician, you might ask the person how they felt about the event, or you might ask them to talk about, um, about uh, yes, basically how they felt about the event. That might be good to elicit more information if you're a doctor or a mental health professional. Uh, در مورد اگر شما وکیل یا مشاور هستین سوال اولی که گفتیم سوال خیلی مناسبی هست ولی اگر دکتر و هستین دکتر روانشناس هستین میتونین سوالی بکنین که سوال دوم بکنین که مثل همونطور گفتیم چه احساسی در مورد این اتفاقی که افتاد دارین این برای این برای دکترهای روانشناس هست Next slide, please. So we talked a little bit about active listening, about not just passively listening, but actually really physically listening to what the person's saying and how you express that to somebody. We talked about that already. This, this slide goes over some of those techniques. ما صحبت کردیم در مورد گوش دادن، گوش دادن به فرد به طور فعال. نه به صورت خاموش و این اسلایدی که می‌بینید راجع به این موضوع صحبت می‌کنه. So if you repeat or you re-say what somebody's saying in a different way, that lets them know that you're listening, that you heard something that's maybe important. Um, so you're, you're always looking for, when you're doing some sort of a counseling session or an interview, you're always looking for a way to show the person that you're listening exactly to what they're saying. وقتی که شما یه نفر مصاحبه میکنین و یا اینکه در مشاوره هستین همونطور که گفتیم بهتره که نشون بدین که شما علاقه دارین به این گفته گفته های شخصی که داره به شما گزارش میده راجع به اتفاقات بدی که اتفاق افتاده و بهتره که مشاور کلمات خیلی حساس رو انتخاب بکنه و اون رو تکرار بکنه تا این قربانی بفهمه که داره بابا این یارو داره بهش گوش میکنه And we also talked earlier about the difference between pitying somebody and empathizing with them between pity and then sort of empathy with them um, So read the last bullet point and we'll talk about that ما همینطور صحبت کردیم در مورد فرق بین همدردی با یک نفر و ترحم به یک نفر این دو تا دو چیز مختلف هستند آخرین نکته رو در این اسلاید نگاه بکنین تا من صحبت بکنم راجع به اون So instead of saying something like it's too bad that you feel so bad I wish you didn't feel so bad it's maybe better to say something like I can see that you're feeling really bad right now 
اول اینکه بگین که ای کاش که شما حالتتون اینجوری نبود چقدر اینقدر احساس بد در شما وجود نداشت اول اینکه اینو بگین بهتره که بهتره بگین که من احساس شما رو درک میکنم و میفهمم All of these techniques allow you to establish that you're just two equal people sitting in a room. That the one person is not somehow lesser, that you're not the doctor and that's not the patient, that you're just two equal people sitting in a room talking about what happened. And that allows you to build trust, and that's why that's so important. Um, <laughs> شما در این اتاق نشستین هم دوتایی چیز مقامتون یکیه و یک نفر برتر از شخص دیگر نیست Next slide So one of the roles of the counselor is to help the person establish a sense of safety if there's a sense of safety if safety is real to establish a sense of safety at different levels یکی از کارهای مشاور اینه که ایمنی ایجاد بکنه در قسمت‌های مختلف آدمی که صدم دیده هست. So safety can mean feeling safe in your body. It can mean feeling safe in your emotions. It can mean feeling safe in your cognition or thoughts. And it can mean feeling safe in your environment. And we'll go through each one. Next slide. Um, ایمنی شامل ایمنی بدنی میشه ایمنی احساسات شخص میشه و ایمنی افکار و ادراک این شخص میشه و آخرش ایمنی که در اون محیطی که شخص در اون زندگی میکنه میشه So maybe the first and most primary one is restoring the sense of safety in the body For example, if you're caught by somebody and they beat you and you lose control over your bowels or you urinate or something like this, this is, makes you feel shameful and makes you feel like you've lost control over your body. And the person has been traumatized and they still have afterwards problems of feeling like they're not completely in control of their body. یکی از چیزهای اولین و مهمترین چیز سلامتی بدنی هست کسی که بهش کتک زدن مثلا چیزشو قدرت دستشوی رفتنشو از دست داده یا نمیتونه خودشو کنترل بکنه که کی بره مثلا دستشویی این باعث میشه که شخص احساس ایمنی بدنی نکنه و این قدرت ایمنی کنترل بدنی که قبلا داشت از بین میره برای این شخص. This is also especially true. We talked about young girls who were sexually abused maybe by their family or who are victims of sexual assault. The younger this happens, the more there's a lack of feeling safe in the body. That, this is the case for sexual assault survivors in general, but it's particularly serious for, for teenagers or for younger girls. ما در مورد خشونت جنسی صحبت کردیم. اگر این خشونت جنسی در سن خیلی پایین انجام بشه، این سلامتی بدنی که این 
زن باید داشته باشه کسی که قربانی خوشنوز جنسی بوده سلامت بدنیش به دست آوردنش دوباره خیلی مشکل خواهد بود So sometimes the counselor or social worker just has to start with the basics, helping the person establish rhythms of self-care, helping the person establish normal sleep rhythms again, helping the person meet the basic health needs. If you remember back when we talked about Maslow, this is the fundamental level. Uh, <clears throat> با چیزهای خیلی معمولی و عادی شروع بکنه به با شخص صدمه دیده و کار بکنه تا ایشون کار مطمئن بشه که بتونه کارهای خیلی ابتدایی رو که انجام بده مثل کارهایی که یک شخص مستقل میتونست قبلا این کار بکنه مستقل بود به این کار رو قبلا میکرد ولی الان نمیتونه بکنه باید مشاور شروع بکنه با این, با این کارها که الان این مستقل بودن شخص رو از بین برده اونا رو دوباره پس بیاره So another sort of safety is emotional safety. Now what we all need to remember is that fear is subjective. You know, it's very hard to say, okay, you shouldn't be scared of that because you, there's no reason to be scared of that. Fear is something that a person feels subjectively. Um, تکیه بکنیم ایمنی احساساتی هست این خیلی مشکله به نفر شما بگین که بابا چیز نکنید احساس ترس نکنید این, این گفتنش آسونه ولی عمل کردنش خیلی, سخ، خیلی سخته So the counselor would start by helping the person identify what causes fear identify what creates a sense of danger and then how the person reacts to that danger. مشاور باید اول تشخیص بده که چه چیزی باعث ترس این شخص میشه و وقتی که اینو مشخص کرد بعد از اون راجع به اون موضوع با راجع به اون موضوع صحبت بکنه و یاد بده که چجوری میشه به این غلبه کرد. The very basic example might be a person is scared to go to the market. The person scared to go to the market because when they went to the market, they were caught in a demonstration and they were arrested or beaten or something bad happened to them on the way to the market. So you, you then can understand, first the fear, the fear is walking down the street to go to the market. The reason for the fear was this particular thing that happened. And you can help the person develop new responses. You can say, okay, why don't, let's, let's see if we can arrange for you to go with a friend. Uh, and then you can plan ahead. And you can plan, for example, to go to the market on, I don't know, sometime when there's very few people around or when there's a lot of people around, depending on what the person's triggers are, depending on what the person's fears are. مثالی که میتونم بزنم اینه که یک نفر که قبلا میرفت خرید در بازار راحت بود ولی وقتی که رفته به بازار برای خرید اتفاق خیلی ناجوری افتاده در سر تظاهراتی که وجود داشته بنابراین این شخص دیگه نمیتونه بره بازار و میترسه چارش اینه که به این شخص شما بگین که با یک دوست برین میخواییم به بازار برین با یک دوست برین یا اینکه 
برنامه ریزی بکنین طوری که این شخص بتونه بره دوباره خرید در بازار بدون اینکه ترس و باهمه داشته باشه But what you don't do is you don't tell them it's stupid to be scared of going to the market because fear is subjective. You just have to accept that they have this fear and then try to help them figure out ways to cope with that fear. ترسیدن یه چیزی هست که بستگی به نظر شخص داره. بنابراین خیلی احمقانه خیلی ناجوره به نفر بگید که چیزه شما این احمقانه است که شما از این موضوع می ترسین بنابراین یادتون باشه که چه نوع سوالاتی بکنید و چه نوع ابراز نظری بکنید و چه جواب و جوابی که می گیرید مطابق اون برنامه ریزی بکنید Uh, the next slide, I think, are we on the next slide? Yeah, there we go. So we talked about the emotional safety, but now we need to sort of talk about the thoughts that are associated with that. So one thing a counselor can do is help a person recognize the thoughts. So we just talked about this example of a person that was beaten on the way to the market. We can help the person think about that when they feel this fear, If they're going with their friend to the market and they feel this fear, they can recognize the thought associated with the fear. راجب صحبت میکنیم الان احساسات راجب ایمنی احساسات و ادراک یک نفر و افکار یک نفر ترسی که وجود داره در افکار یک نفر مثلا شخصی که رفته به بازار و موقع برگشتن در سر تظاهرات بهش کتک زده شده بهتره که این ترسی که وجود داره در افکار این شخص باید تشخیص داده بشه و یک الگوی رفتاری رفتاری به وجود بیاد که این شخص اونو دنبال بکنه تا دیگه افکار به مغزش خطور نکنه So maybe the person always turns down a side street instead of going straight. Well, if the person, if this person can understand that they're feeling fear, can say to themselves, okay, I'm feeling fear right now, and can say to themselves, okay, my normal pattern is to go down the street, then you can work with them to maybe see if they can risk going down directly to the market instead of down the side street, for example. Agar shakhs az yek khiyabon far'i رفته به بازار و, و این باعث میشه که نمیتونه دیگه از اون و این ببخشید از طریق خیابان فری رفته به بازار و این اتفاق بعد اون زمان اتفاق افتاده بهتره که به شخص گفته بشه که شما مسیر مستقیم رو بگیرید و برید به بازار و این باعث میشه که این فکری And in essence, this is the basic idea behind exposure therapy. Very simplified, this is the basic idea. But it only works if the person can be safe. So actually, if it's dangerous to go to, this, to the market, you should not even try this. You should not even suggest this to somebody. Uh, 
این ایده خیلی ساده که توضیح دادیم مربوط میشه به در معرض گذاشتن و نشون دادن به یک نفر دقیقا اون چیزی که باعث ترس ایشون میشه و عملی که باید بکنی که اون ترس جلود نیاد و این رابطه کاری که ما توضیح دادیم باید انجام بشه تا این احساسات ترس از بین بره So this sort of exposure therapy works best for situations like a car accident or an earthquake or something like this where um, the person is not at additional risk if they go back to a place or if they do some activity that reminded them of the event. They can be exposed gradually to this and they can start getting better. But this is really more useful if this was not a question of interpersonal violence. Uh, این وقتی کار میکنه که شخص این اتفاقات بعد در بیرون اتفاق افتاده ولی این متد کار نمیکنه برای کسی که قربانی قربانی خشونت در داخل خانواده بوده is sit with the person and go through a, a risk assessment of their environment. So remember we said there was body security and there was emotional security and thinking security, but now there's environmental security. کار دیگه که شما میتونین بکنین که ارزیابی بکنین خطراتی که در محیط این شخص وجود داره و این خطرات رو بررسی بکنین و شناسایی بکنین و که بتونین اونها را از بین ببرین. So you can go through with them all the risks that they face. For example, a financial risk could be a risk. And all of this can be something that you can then develop a treatment plan. You can develop a plan to work with the person on addressing the various problems. But I think with any trauma survivor, the treatment plan starts with an assessment of safety. هر گونه روش درمانی که در نظر دارین میتونه موفق بشه وقتی که شخص احساس ایمنی بکنه ما مثلا صحبت کردیم راجع به خطر مثلا مالی که یک نفر امکان داره داشته باشه یا خطرهای دیگه ای که شخص امکان داره روبرو باش بشه ولی بهتره که اول ایمنی به وجود بیاد بعد درمان میتونه موفق باشه okay, really severe risks or less severe risks وقتی که طراحی میکنین برنامه‌ریزی میکنین برای ایمنی شما باید تشخیص بدین که خطراتی که شخص برای شخص وجود داره آیا اینا شدید هستند یا اینکه خطرات زیاد جدی نیستند 
because sometimes people who are traumatized have difficult time assessing what the risks are. They may become excessively cautious or, or, or excessively frightened to do things, or on the other hand, sometimes they can become very reckless and really not and, and really do things that might place themselves at risk. قدرت اینو بعضی وقتا قدرت اینو نداره که تشخیص بده که خطرهایی که ایشون مواجه باشه این خطرات چی هستن بنابراین کار شما اینه که اینها رو تشخیص بدید و تا بتونید که کار درمان موفق باشه how others might react. So for example, if, a, um, uh, if in the example of a woman who's scared to go to the market, she might be embarrassed that she only wants to go to the market with a friend. Maybe you can help her develop a plan so that she's less embarrassed about this. بره به بازار بدون که احساس خطر و یا شرم بکنه. safety plan can include a protection strategy for what happens if something goes wrong, a staying strategy for how long the person can stay there or thinks that they can stay in a location, a leaving strategy to plan out in advance where the person leaves and how they get out of a situation, um, and, and the time frame. All of these things you can work on if, if, if you're dealing with somebody who's scared to go to a location or scared to do some public act. اگر کسی میترسه یک کار رو در مرز عام انجام بده یا اینکه میترسه تنها بره به یک محلی کار شما اینه که به این شخص برنامه‌ریزی بکنین که این شخص کی میخواد به اون مثلا محل بره چه مدت در اون محل باقی خواهد موند و کی اون محل رو ترک خواهد کرد این وقتی برنامه ریزی اینطوری شد این ایمنی به وجود میاره Oftentimes, depression or PTSD causes people to isolate, and their support network may shrink. So it's important for the counselor to, to identify, help the person identify their support network. احتیاج دارند به یک شبکه حمایتی که به این دوستان افراد فامیل و دوستانشون باشند بنابراین شناسایی اینکه شناسایی و ارزیابی این شبکه که میتونه ایمنی به وجود بیاره برای این شخص مهمه So for example as part of a treatment plan a counselor and the victim of, of, of trauma they may agree together that it's a good idea to reconnect with two people from the past, two friends from the past, and maybe over the course of a week to make contact again with two people the person's not been in touch with. Even if it's a little step, these little steps can be useful. Kadamhay kuchiluy ki mitunim bardarin, yani ki masalan pe shakhs sadam dide, 
برنامه‌ریزی بکنه که شخص رو دیده با دو نفر که در گذشته ایشون رو میشناخته با اونا تماس بگیره و یا و بعدش با دو نفر که اصلا چیز نمیشناسه رابطه جدید ایجاد بکنه Now, a survivor of trauma can do this by themselves. They don't really need a counselor. But the advantage to a counselor is that it allows you to sort of meet with somebody and to kind of make a plan, and then you can talk to the other person about how you were able to do the plan or not able to do the plan. And the idea in the long run is to rebuild the social network of people that care about you that can support you as you get better. Um. هدف از قبل از اینکه رو بگیم باید ذکر بکنم که شخصی که صدمه دیده میتونه این کارا رو خودش بکنه ولی بهتری که مشاور در این مورد در برنامه ریزی شرکت داشته باشه و این کارها رو انجام بده تا مطمئن باشه که شبکه وجود داره که از شخص صدمه دیده حمایت بکنه Now, sometimes trauma survivors can be a little bit passive, but helping them do these actions, working with them to create a plan, and, and helping them actually do these actions, action, action counteracts passivity. Action helps correct passivity. So this is another value to this. این کارهایی که ذکر کردیم اگر انجام بشه باعث میشه شخص از این حالت خمودگی بیرون بیاد و صحبت بکنه در مورد کارهایی که باید کارهایی که انجام شده در گذشته و این به رابطه ای رو ایجاد میکنه که در شخص نجات دهنده خیلی مفیده okay, next slide, please. So the other thing that the counselor can do, one thing the counselor can do that we've talked about is creating a safe space and helping the person to feel safe in their environment. The other thing the counselor can do is help the person identify the triggers in their environment that make them scared or make them frightened. ما گفتیم که اولین کاری که میتونه مشاور یکی از مهمترین کارهایی که مشاور میتونه بکنه اینی که ایجاد ایمنی بکنه که این شخص نجات یافته بتونه در اون محیط احساس ایمنی بکنه و کار بکنه و و مسئله بعدی که باید انجام بشه اینه که چیزهایی که باعث میشه این شخص نجات یافته به خاطرش بیاد این صدمه هایی که بهش وارد شده اینها چه چیزایی باعث میشه که این شخص یادش بیاد راجع به این اتفاقات بدی بهش افتاده اینا باید این اتفاقات باید شناسایی بشه چیزای منظور که یاد شخص صدمه دیده میاد اینا باید یادآوری باید شناسایی بشه so we've already talked in previous weeks about Um, about intrusive memories, how a memory can come back even if you don't want it to come back, or how you can, uh, uh, or how something can trigger fear. We've already talked about the biology of that. 
ما صحبت کردیم در مورد در گذشته در مورد افکاری که هجوم میکنن به مغز بدون که شما بتونید اونا رو کنترل بکنین و یا ترس از یک موضوعی که به فکر آدم میاد بدون که شما کنترلی راجع به این داشته باشین اینها چیزایی که باید عواملی هست که باید شناسایی بشه و از طرف شما پیش بینی بشه So as a counselor or as a lawyer or as a friend, you can help a person identify the specific things that trigger those memories or trigger those feelings. عنوان مشاور شما میتونید کمک بکنید به شخص صدم دیده که بتونه شناسایی بکنه چیزهایی که باعث میشه به خاطر ایشون بیاد اتفاقات بد. Now these are sometimes not easy to realize. So for example, maybe The clouds are the same as the day on on which something bad happened. So, for example, some environmental thing that that you don't think is a trigger can be a trigger for somebody, and that person may not realize it. So, you can gradually work with the person to identify all the triggers, even if they're very subtle, uh, that might cause them to have uh, have a, tra- a, a traumatic reaction. شما کمک باید کمک بکنیم به شخص صدم دیده که بتونه تمام این چیزهایی که باعث میشه افکار بد به مغزشون حجوم بکنه شناسایی بشه مثلا امکان داره اون روزی که اتفاق خیلی وحشتناکی به این شخص اتفاق افتاده ابرها در آسمون یک به شکل یک بخصوصی بودن و دوباره وقتی ایشون الان آزاد هست و دوباره ابرها رو به اون صورت میبینه اون افکار به مغزش حجوم میاره Next slide, please. So everybody has got some sort of coping strategy to deal with these thoughts and feelings when they occur. So the first step is to help the person um, identify the triggers, the triggers to trauma. The second step is to help them identify what they're already doing to cope with these feelings. افکار رو دارن افکاری که به آسان حجوم میکنه بدونی که نارو بتونن کنترلش بکنن بنابراین شناسایی اینا لازمه که این کارهای ناهنجار که اتفاق افتاده دوباره اتفاق نیفته Some of those coping strategies can be helpful and some of them can be things that actually cause problems So it's it's good to work with the person, not to tell them that what you're doing is wrong or bad, but to help them come to understand that maybe some responses that they have might not be helpful for them, might not actually be working for them in order to to uh, to get to their goals. In karaike moshaver mikone marbut mishep be. کمک به قربانی که بتونه ایشون خودش رو تطبیق بده و انتباق بده با محیط جدید ایده خوبی نیست که به یه نفر بگین که این کاری که شما میکنین بده بهتره که به شخص گفته بشه که این کارهایی که میکنین مفید مفید نیست برای بهبودی شما و کارهایی که ما توصیه میکنیم مفیده و این کارا باید انجام بشه. So for example, a healthy coping strategy might be deep breathing or might be exercise. 
an unhealthy coping strategy might be smoking or might be um, isolating from friends. Um, and so the person can be made aware of these different coping strategies they're using in a non-judgmental way. Um, یکی از کارهایی که میشه انجام داد برای انتباق پذیری در محیط جدید میشه مثلا به یه نفر گفتش که نفس عمیق بکشین این یه طریقشه یا امکان داره شخص بخواد بگه که من میخوام یه سیگار بکشم که بتونم احساس راحتی بکنم اینها دور تا روش مختلف هستن و یکی نیستن و الان توضیح خواهیم داد که چه کار باید انجام بشه ولی ایده خوبی نیست که یه نفر بگین که این کار شما بد قضاوت نکنین Okay actually I, I wanted to clarify I wanted to clarify that, that, uh, that some, some responses are adaptive in other words they're helpful and some are not helpful so for example deep breathing might be a helpful response Smoking might not actually be a helpful response. It might be damaging over the long term. So you need to distinguish between the two, the helpful ones and the unhelpful ones. یادتون باشه که روشهایی و باکنشهایی که قربانی نشون میده برای و کارهایی که انجام میشه با قربانی برای از بین بردن افکار بد یه مقدارش مفیده مثل کشیدن نفس عمیق کشیدن ولی یه مقدارش مضره مثل سیگار کشیدن but you don't want to tell them that they're wrong or bad for the coping strategy so for example if their coping strategy is that they no longer are seeing their friends because they're ashamed or because they're scared to see their friends um, or they're scared of the way they feel when they see their friends, that's not really helpful for them, but you don't want to condemn them for them or tell them that there's something wrong. You just want to help them see that seeing their friends actually would be beneficial for them. یک قربانی که انزواکری میکنه و دوری میکنه از بقیه شما چیز بهتره که نگین که این کاری میکنین که کار شما بده بلکه باید قسمت مثبت با مثبت صحبت بکنیم بگین که دیدن دوستانتون برای انتباق پذیری در این محیط جدیدی که زندگی میکنین براتون خوبه okay, next This is actually kind of important because all of us see somebody who's having difficulty and we want to fix the problem We want to figure out a way to fix the problem. We want to tell them what to do, and we want to fix the problem. This is normal. This is some, our normal reaction. یک چیزی که عادیه و معموله اینه که وقتی ما میبینیم یه نفر اشکال داریم میخوایم بهش کمک بکنیم که این اشکالشو رفع بکنه. این کار خیلی عادی و معمولی هست این احساس. But the point to counseling is establishing a safe and trusting relationship. so that the person themselves can come up with the solutions that they need to do. It's much, much better, for example, if somebody's isolating from friends, it's much better for them to come to the determination and the decision that they need to reconnect with their friends than for you to tell them to do that. هدف یک مشاور اینه که کمک بکنه به قربانی و 
با بهترین کار کمک به قربانی بهترین روش اینه که شما کاری بکنید که این قربانی خودش به این نتیجه برسه که رفت آمد با دوستانش براش خوبه نه اینکه بهش بگین با این کار بکن یا اون کار بکن And as the last point on this slide says, it's much better um, that when people are, are heard and trusted and listened to, then, then it's much easier for them to, to come up with their own solutions. So the main thing is establishing this trusting relationship and being a, a person that they can communicate freely with. Next slide. یک رابطه قابل اعتماد به یکدیگر به وجود بیاد تا شخص این کارهایی که ما توصیه کردیم خودش بخواد که این کار رو بکنه نه اینکه بهش گفته بشه که این کار رو بکن Okay, on Wednesday we're going to talk a lot more about treatment goals so we're not going to do too much on that today but we'll go on to the next slide instead ما در چهارشنبه روز چهارشنبه راجع به هدف های درمانی صحبت خواهیم کرد امروز زیاد راجع به این بحثی نمی کنیم I did want to say just something real quick about psychiatric referral because I'm going to post some articles in the next couple of days about the use of drugs and treating PTSD با من یک مقاله خواهم گذاشت در وبسایت راجع به روش های درمانی عاطفی و روانی و که مربوط میشن به PTSD پی و که اینها چجوری باید ما این چه موقع لازمه که این اشخاص ارجاع بشن به اشخاص دیگه I know that in Iranian culture sometimes the best the best treatment is pills or people think that the best treatment is pills actually medicine has its place for some individuals at some time but it can be used too much and it can be used in the wrong way من میدونم که در فرهنگ ایران اکثر مردم فکر میکنن که قرص خوردن بهترین روش برای درمان ولی این میتونه خیلی مضر باشه در بعضی موارد و دراجبین میخوایم صحبت بکنیم So we'll put up some articles about that, but all I want to say is that for some people with depression or PTSD, a new class of drugs called SSRIs can be very useful. But some of the older drugs that, that sedate a person too much are sometimes not a good idea. داروهای جدیدی که به وجود اومده من دوباره اسمش رو میپرسم که ایشون تکرار بکنه خیلی خوبه برای کسانی که از PTSD رنج میبرن و یا اینکه از ناراحتی روحی رنج, رنج میبرن و ما تصمیم خواهیم گرفت که این داروها جشه موردی مفید و جهادی مفید نیست Okay, the, uh, the, the word again, they're SSRI, like Prozac or Zoloft or some of these other drugs. Uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. The main thing with 
any sort of psychiatric care or medication for PTSD or depression is that this should be part of an overall treatment plan. And the family should be involved, and the counselor should be involved, and the other persons, and, uh, you know, it should be part of an overall treatment plan, and not just medicine in isolation. So, for example, well, I'll, I'll let you translate that. کسانی که از PTSD رنج میبرن یا پژمردگی روحی دارن این این قسمتی از روش درمانی کلی هست همش این نیست بلکه قسمتی از روش درمانی کلی باید باشه That means explaining what the medicine does and how it works that means being the counselor and the psychiatrist should be in contact with each other so that so that they can get some sort of feedback on how things are working and that means involving the family uh, to help the person remember to take the medication این معنیش اینه که ما توضیح بدیم دارو چه کار میکنه و چه کار نمیکنه و در رابطه با داشته باشیم با روانشناس و بفهمیم که ایشون داره چیکار میکنه و همینطور رابطه داشته باشیم با افراد خانواده که بفهمیم که اینا میخوان چیکار بکنن برای بهبودی شخص صدمه دیده. Okay, let's go on two slides to the final slide and then we'll have questions. خب بهتر بریم به اسلاید آخری بعد از اون سوالات رو دریافت خواهیم کرد. Next Monday we'll talk about narrative, about narrative therapy, which is sort of turning the effects of the trauma into a story that the person can talk about. Or not next week, excuse me, Wednesday. But uh, for now, questions. روز چهارشنبه ما صحبت خواهیم کرد در مورد وجود آوردن یک روایت یعنی اینکه شخص قربانی یا صدم دیده بتونه داستان خودش رو برای شما بگه. Okay, actually, there's an interesting question uh, here. Um, the question is, is there any possibility to make people who believe their existence is based on the devil to come to a therapist? For example, LGBT persons in Iran. که چجوری ما یک نفر رو که فکر میکنه وجودش از طریق شیطان خلق شده با یه شخص با این شخص چجوری باید رفتار بشه و همینطور با کسانی که چیزن هم جنس بازن یا اینکه جنسشون رو جنس جنس جنسشون رو عوض کردن از مرد یا زن And what I would say is that the consensus of scientific opinion throughout the world, not just in the United States or Europe, but throughout the world now, is that um, an LGBT person is, LGBT people are, are normal, actually, that sexual orientation or gender identity is not a mental illness and certainly not caused by by the devil. یک توافق کلی که وجود داره بین دانشمندان و روانشناسان در دنیا اینه که کسانی که راجع به جنس خودشون مطمئن به جنس جنس خودشون مطمئن نیستن 
و یا اینکه همجنس بازن این یک مرض نیست. So maybe the most important thing is that most LGBT people have experienced some violence in their lives because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. The most important thing is to find a counselor that they can trust. And they're not going to trust them with this information very easily because this information is dangerous. احتمال زیاد وجود داره کسانی که LGBT هستن یعنی اینکه هم جنس باز هستن یا اینکه از جنس خودشون مطمئن نیستن و یا اینکه جنس خودشون عوض کردن اینا به احتمال زیاد مورد خشونت جسمی قرار گرفتن بهترین کاری که اینا میتونن بکنن اینه که با چون اطلاعات که اینا در میخوان با شخص در میون بذارن خطرناک است بهتره که با یک مشاوری که بهشون بهش میشه اعتماد بکنن با اون فقط این حرفای خودشون رو در میون بذارن so again it gets back to establishing safety and establishing trust i just want to say one other thing on this that um that LGBT people uh, that attempts to cure them through counseling to make a gay person straight, that this doesn't really work. If a person's gay, that's the way that they are. And it's best to accept that and help them live as full a life as they can. چیزی که به خاطرتون باید باشه کسانی که LGBT هستن یعنی هم جنس یا چیز جنس رو نبست کردن اینا اینها دنبال مالجه نباشند چون مالجه چیز هیچ گونه اثری در تغییر اینا نمیکنه و مالجه کسانی که دا میکنن میتونن این آدم ها رو مالجه بکنن حرفشون بی خوده well the other question on the uh, chat right now is the problem the person says that the problem is trust and they don't believe that they're normal but how can we make them take a therapy uh, for the violence experienced in their lives? Unfortunately, you can't really make somebody go into therapy. You can suggest it, but the important thing is to, if the person doesn't want to see a mental health counselor, the important thing is, as a friend or as a coworker, to help them have a wider social network, a support network that can help them. که LGBT هست و نمیخواد بره به درمان بشه و یا با کسی که نمیخواد بره به دکتر این با این شخص ما چجوری رفتار بکنیم راه چارش اینه که پیدا بکنین افراد فامیل و یا دوستانیشون رو که یک شبکه حمایتی براش درست بکنین که ایشون احساس انزوا و احساسای منفی نکنه Okay, we're going to post some articles soon on the discussion forum about um, about medication. We posted some articles also on the discussion forum about female suicide, and we also posted some articles about child traumatic stress. So uh, please look for those. Okay. So again, the resources that are on the website. Somebody asked about child traumatic stress last time. We put some articles about traumatic stress in children up on the website. در وبسایت ما گذاشتیم راجب فشار روحی در بچه ها و صدمه روحی در بچه ها اینو گذاشتیم در وبسایت برای که همه بتونن ببینن 
We also put up an article about female suicide because of gender-based violence in Iran. That's also on the website. و خودکشی مربوط به خودکشی جنسی در چیز در وبسایت گذاشتیم که همه بتونن And finally I will post some articles on medication on the use of medicine in post traumatic stress disorder for anybody who maybe uh, uh, sees a physician maybe these articles might be useful to share with the physician من همینطور یک مقاله گذاشتم اونجا راجع به PTSD که و داروهایی که کمک میکنه به کسانی که از این رنج میبرن و خیلی مناسبه که شما با دکترتون اینو در میون بذارین